Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go to our next guest who's been waiting patiently on the line and I uh, can't wait to talk to him. After what unfolded last night up in Brisbane, Troy Luff, AFL legend, in fact, standing ovation. One of my all-time favourite players. Luffy, good morning, mate. Welcome good back to morning, the show. Good morning, guys. Uh, good morning. And I actually was surprised you actually dragged Gaz away from playing the walking football. It's about his pace, I reckon. <laughs> it's a little bit quick for me, Luffy. You know that. <laughs> Luffy, uh, last night we thought it was going to be a blockbuster. In the end, Melbourne blow Brisbane off the field. 18-7, 1-15, Was it over by quarter time? It was definitely over by half time. But I guess the big news coming out of it is Dane Zorko has had an absolute shocker. It was a dirty night for Brisbane and it got even worse for him uh, with an investigation that's about to take place. Tell us more. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I had my daughter, Millie, who's sitting in the car with me now as we drive along the, uh, the M1 or F3 just over the Hawkesbury at the moment, heading, heading your way. Um, and I put her to bed, and I was, like, so looking forward to watching a good game of footy. Turned it on, 38 to 6. So I'm like, oh, great. And that was it. The, the whole game was just shambles as far as Brisbane goes. Um, the scoreline, I mean, Melbourne... Melbourne made every opportunity of every inside 50. And believe it or not, Brisbane had more inside 50s than Melbourne. They got beaten by 10 goals. Hard to believe. And, and yeah, look, something's been said, Dane Zorko, um, something of a personal nature, which it, it, it didn't look good on TV. We don't know what it was. Apparently, it was something to do with a family member from one of the Melbourne players. And there is going to be an investigation. We'll just have to wait and see what the outcome is. And at the end of the game, Zorko was very apologetic. You know, both both um, clubs got together and, and you know, they had a bit of a chat about it. And obviously something was said that, that hit a nerve. And you know, sometimes you can, you can step over the line in football with what you say. So last night's result, Luffy. Moving forward, we've got finals kick off in two weeks' time. So Melbourne are obviously humming. They're going really well. What's it actually do for Brisbane? They're probably going to, they'll definitely end up now in an elimination semi-final. They'll probably get it at home, so that'll probably certainly help. But... There's a long way back, isn't it, from that performance last night? I know we can say it's isolated, but their form hasn't been that good now for, for probably a month. No, they've only won a couple of games the last month, and obviously they'll be hoping that Fremantle win and Carlton win uh, this weekend because that means they'll still get a top-four spot. But, you know, the, the Fremantle-GWS games will be unlikely. And I think, the, you know, the Dockers, even though it is away from home, you'd assume the Dockers will win that. All of a sudden, Brisbane, who have been in the top-four all year, couldn't find themselves, as you said, elimination final and, and Melbourne winning by so much last night actually hurt the Swans even though yeah. all the Swans all the Swans have to do is win to make the, the top four the percentage now means that Melbourne has a far dominant percentage unless the Swans can win by about eight or nine goals they'll miss out on having two home finals which is what you get from when you finish second spot so there, there's some huge games this weekend that's going to change the ladder you've got Collingwood and Carlton Carlton have to win ensure a top eight spot. If Richmond wins, St Kilda can't make the eight. The Dogs, there's so many other teams that can still get that last spot and it's going to come down 
to whether Richmond can win and that'll end up putting everyone out of their misery. Hey, Luffy, I just want to talk to you about the game last night because you mentioned about the inside 50s. Now, every, nearly every entry from Brisbane, they just seem to bomb it in, hoping for a miracle mark. With Melbourne, they had so many different ways to go inside 50. We saw... Yeah, Cozzy Pickett worked his magic last night. Probably should have kicked five because I think he missed a sitter late in the match. But, yeah, Petrarca just sensational, winning the footy. I'm not sure what his final numbers were, but what a superstar of the competition he is. But when you looked at Brisbane, you could hear the commentators say, why aren't they using the width? Because so often they were kicking to a pack or they were kicking to a two-on-one, which was in Melbourne's favour. And you're thinking they've got a player out there on the edge by himself who could maybe run in and do something. But I just thought Brisbane didn't use the ball very wisely last night. I'd like to hear your thoughts as as an expert of the game. No, it was. It wasn't very smart. I think, I'm not sure what the final inside 50 count was, but at one stage, I think it was 58 to 53 in Brisbane's favour. And you have a look at the stats on Hipwood. He had about six touches. Danaher had a couple of marks. None of the, Charlie Cameron, quiet night. None of their forwards were taking marks inside their forward 50. Whereas Melbourne, what they were doing is they'd get close to 50 and they'd just pinpoint a 15-metre pass if they had to to players on their own or players in space. Because he picked it, he actually missed a couple of easy ones. He should have picked six goals. Um, but he was finding space. The Melbourne Demons didn't rush it. They took their time. Other than that, it was a quick turnover from their defence. They ran straight into an open four fifty. 50. But when it came to actual outside the 50 looking for a spot, they just did it so well. They, they, I think they, they had... Uh, a score from every second uh, 50 entry, which is just amazing. And if you look at all the stats, Brisbane had more of nearly everything last night, including possession, but they, they lost by nearly 10 goals. Yeah, they were bitterly disappointing. Bailey Fritch, what a, what a player. I'd like to get your analysis, Luffy. Now, before the game, they said that he's been rather quiet, but, I mean, that guy, look, look at what he did in last year's grand final. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. They're, they're an outstanding squad. You've got Brayshaw, who picked up, I think, 27 last night. Oliver had 30 disposals, including 13 clearances. But give us your thoughts on some of their stars. Oh, look, I think, um, like, Petrarca and Oliver, they, they're always good at setting it up. And, of course, Max Gordon in the middle. And then Fritch is a guy that just takes makes the most of every opportunity. I think, I think he kicked four goals last night. And, you know, he just takes some great grabs when it's needed and scores for goal, and he does it every week. And that's the thing with Melbourne's forward line is Ben Brown kicked three goals. He only had seven touches, but that doesn't really matter. If he's going to kick, you know, if he's going to if he's going to get seven touches and kick three goals, well, he's done his job. And that's hey. what's good about Melbourne. They, they don't rely on just one player to kick a bag for to win the game. Uh, Luffy, uh, one hour, uh, one day, five hours and eight minutes precisely until first bounce. What a game it's going to be. Is there over 90,000 for Collingwood-Carlton? Uh, it could be the game of the year, hopefully. Oh, look, last week when I saw the scheduling and, and looked ahead and went, wow, OK, this is this game. Collingwood need to win for any chance to make top four. Carlton need to win to ensure a top eight spot. They haven't been in the finals for a long time, Carlton. It, it's going to be massive. It, it's going to be... It, it's a finals game... A week out of the finals, it, it's going to be like you said, eighty-five to ninety thousand people coming to a home and away game to watch the the arch rivals. They've been rivals for a hundred years. These two teams, and it's going to be a cracking game. And that, that's probably the game of the weekend. There's no doubt. And what, you know, if Carlton wins, 
it means that some of the other games are irrelevant, especially the Swans-St Kilda game. Like, St Kilda now, to make the finals, they've got to bank on all these other teams to lose and then win by a lot to actually make it themselves. So, you know, Carlton win, Richmond win, that means the game on the last game of the weekend on Sunday is irrelevant other than the Swans need to win to maintain top four. Well, the other, the other key one is... Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne, yeah. Guru. Yeah, we don't want uh, we don't want Hawthorne to beat uh, the Western Bulldogs, so that'll make Carlton already guaranteed of a spot in the finals heading into the Carlton Collingwood game. So, so they'll already be, be stuck in that. So, it'll probably be a bit of a downer on that game, albeit that Collingwood will still be fighting for a top four spot. Probably just going to change tack a little bit with you, Luffy. What do you make of the coaching situation during the week? With obviously with Alistair Clarkson going to North Melbourne, great coup for North Melbourne, but. The way Essendon handled the whole coaching position this week is it's just head-scratching. Well, if you're uh, right, you're, you're probably a little little bit bemused that they're looking at another coach when he's still contracted and still has the job at Essendon. So, you know, the, you've got a couple of teams that wanted Clarkson in GWS and North Melbourne. Then early in the week, Essendon go, well, we'd like him. And Paul Ben Rutten sitting there going, hang on, I'm still coaching here and you're already looking for another coach, so does that mean I'm going to get sacked at the end of the year? So, you know, it, it doesn't look great. And at the end of the day, Alistair Clarkson, who after 17 years and four premierships at Hawthorne, he's obviously did a great job, he's a good coach. He's gone back to his old home team. Like, he played for North Melbourne way back in the you know, early, uh, early 90s, early 2000s, um, and that was what made his decision up was, after such a long time at North Melbourne, he, he went, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, and it's probably similar to when Paul Roos took over Melbourne. Melbourne were down the bottom of the ladder and they, they looked hopeless. And, you know, he built them up slowly and then Goodwin took over and won a premiership with them. So, you know, that might happen at North Melbourne with Clarkson as well. Well, I heard Clarkson say he can turn North Melbourne around very quickly. Did he elaborate on how he's going to do that? Oh, I actually agree. I think the right coach... Someone of his stature can turn North Melbourne around. What do you think, Guru? I think the North Melbourne job is so good for him because they're not looking for immediate success. If you go to Essendon, they're going to want it, they want an immediate success. And I'm not sure Essendon's list is going to give you immediate success, but North Melbourne have got some great pillars around their, their key areas. They've got um, some good young talent. They're going to get good draft picks. So... It'll still take him a number of years to actually to, to they should improve next year, no doubt about that. But but like I said, that there is no quick expectation on North Melbourne apart from the fact that Alistair Clarkson is gone there now. But Eston, on the other hand, like I'm not I'm not sure where they go for their for their next coach, given the fact that Ben Rutten really realistically can't stay. If he stays there, he's got another one year contract. It's, it's full credit to him. But there's a, there's a vote of no confidence in there for him to stay. The board's got to go to start with, and then. You get a coach to come in when Ben Rutten's been there two years as a senior coach. I know he had two years as an assistant before that, but Essendon made the finals last year. So, okay, on the back of, of this year, and yeah, maybe the expectation of Essendon based on their list was probably way too high anyway, but as a coach to go in there, they want, they want success and they want it now. Hey, by the way, boys, uh, we haven't even touched on Luffy. Sydney's sensational mm. win. I think the third highest home and away crowd for Sydney ever. Uh, their win against Collingwood last week. I mean, this isn't a two-horse race. Sydney are in this up to their ears. What are your thoughts, Luffy? Well, the only teams that Sydney have lost to are all outside the eight. I mean, mm. they've beaten Melbourne, Geelong, Richmond. They've, they've beaten everybody, and, they, and they've done it well. They're, 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 last week's game was up against a team that had won 11 games in a row. They wanted a top-four spot, and they had a 
very strong side in and they didn't even look like at Collingwood. Swans just put them to the sword. The pressure was immense. Uh, and, and the good thing for the Sydney fans last week was it was actually a 40-year um, anniversary of the Swans moving to Sydney from South Melbourne. And so all the past players, including myself, got to do a lap at half-time and, and walk around. And, uh, and to see there was 46,500 people there. And as you said, it was the third biggest crowd ever. And that's including finals. It was bigger than some of the finals. And, and to do that, Josh Kennedy got to do a, a, a lap of honour because he's going to retire. So... It was a great day across the whole board, and the Swans just looked so good. Their, their improvements come from the younger guys that have taken the next step. Last year, some of those younger guys, they, they really struggled. Like Errol Goulden in his first year, Ollie Florent wasn't that good. Um, Chad Warner has taken a massive step. They've got Paddy McCartan in the back line, his brother Tommy. They, they've all taken a big step this year, and, and now they are, they are a dead-set chance, the Swans. Yeah, Luffy, there's nothing better, is there, than a heaving SCG. Uh, great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful place for sport, and especially with football. And, and uh, when the Swans are up and about, they certainly pack it out. And I agree with you. I reckon the Swans, are, I think, believe it or not, even the, where they're sitting on the ladder, they're just sneaking so much on the radar from a lot of the, a lot of the, the Melbourne pundits. And, and as you said, they've beaten everybody. And we talk about, you know, they, they, they probably won't get their two finals at home, but... If you look at their record, the Swans' record is better away from the SCG than what it is at the SCG in recent years. Well, not this year. The SCG has become a fortress again. Um, I think the last two years, if you have a look, they've only lost a couple of games the last two years at the SCG. But they've also had a good record, a long-standing good record away from home. Um, There was a period there where the SCG, they were actually losing more than they won. But um, the Swans record away from home has been great so it doesn't worry them if they play at the MCG or the Gabba or um, even over in Subiaco or Perth it doesn't really matter they've, they've beaten all those sides at their own ground so um, including Geelong at Cadinia Park so it doesn't really matter who and where they play so you know they are they're in good position the Swans they're just a you know let's just hope they can beat St Kilda by about eight or nine goals and finish second that's what I'm hoping for. Hey uh, by the way Sydney has done this so well with their social media where we're inside the rooms when Josh Kennedy announces that he's going to hang the boots up and you see how emotional he is. John Longmire as well, who spoke glowingly about Josh Kennedy. But I'm sure you've seen this, Luffy. They've done the disposals for finals footy and I think Josh Kennedy is almost twice as good as any other player since the records have been kept. So, you know, when there's something on the line, this guy is just supreme. What a career. He is, and that just goes to show with the quality of the player he is because, uh, you know, as we know, it doesn't matter what code of football you play, come finals, even some of the best just crack under pressure. You, you know, you, you have a look at some players that go, gee, he's had a good year this year, but in the finals he barely touched it. They just they, they can't cope with it, whereas Josh Kennedy, he loves that sort of atmosphere. He loves finals. He, he just he rises to every occasion, and and it's it's sad that he did his hamstring in the reserves, like after about three weeks of coming back from his other hamstring injury, that he probably should have been in the senior side, and you just you just don't know. He may have got over it. He might not have. He might have done his hammy. He might not have, and, he, and he'd be in the side right now. But you know, even if he does get over this next hamstring injury come finals, I. I I struggle to see the Swans put him in the side, which is disappointing for him and, and for Swan fans. He's such a great player. 
um, you know, being underdone, coming to the finals, you just you just don't want to make that call. So it's going to yeah. be tough for the selectors when it when it comes to finals. He uh, he's amassed 15 plus contested possessions in finals 16 times. Next highest is is Paddy Dangerfield, mm. who's done it eight times. Luffy, uh, we've taken up enough of your time. We do have the uh, the showdown in Adelaide this weekend as well. That'll be a cracker. Uh, regardless of where they are on the table, they'll go at it, both the Adelaide teams. Uh, but, mate, uh, great to have you on the show. Safe travels with your daughter, and we'll talk soon. Now, we're on our way to Curranbon Playground to meet my dad, my brother, and my other daughter who lives in Newcastle. So we've got to meet halfway. They're in Nelson Bay, Newcastle. I'm in Sydney. So we're going to have a barbie in Curranbon. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Great to have you on the show. All right, have a good weekend, guys.